family and fellow soldiers. I'm the professor, and this is the moment of truth. As that package details, President Biden heads into the new year with some pretty negative momentum, pretty low poll numbers, real questions in the Democratic base about his handling of the war. Some good news on the economy, but hasn't really broken through yet. As we take a step back and we're about to enter an election year, how do you see things? Oh, that moment when you realize the propaganda ain't working. Well, I think it's wide open. I think Trump could win. He could win in Pennsylvania. I can see him growing. I can see the minority vote slopping off a bit. The women, of course, in the burbs can decide the thing on abortion rights. A real opportunity there to vote. I think the thing that Biden has to do is he's got to enlarge the youth vote and minority vote. He's got to say to people, here's why you vote. MSNBC is going real heavy with the cope as the election cycle grinds I mean, when you dig Chris Matthews, Matthews, of all people, out of mothballs so that he can talk about the election, election, that's how you know you're in trouble. trouble. The voters here, when you talk to them, right, the things that they think about the most are the fact that the kind of quote-unquote black agenda, things like voting rights, police reform, things that disproportionately impact African-Americans in this country, kind of got laid by the wayside, right? And that's not all Biden's fault, right? That is Congress's problem. There are all there's a filibuster in the Senate, but voters don't care about that. And I think what what voters haven't heard from President Biden and Vice President Harris just yet is what does the next the next four years actually look like? For this segment on Morning Schmo, I mean Joe, they bring on this guy Eugene Daniels. By the way, has anyone checked to see if he's related to Lee Daniels? I'm just asking for a friend. Every time he starts talking, he's nothing but gibberish. MSNBC frequently has this guy on, and they make it seem as if he's some sort of contributor making some sort of contribution. He just sounds like someone who has one small tidbit of an idea to say, and then he needs seven minutes to say it. He has no special knowledge, not even any stats to quote. What gives? He supposedly works for Politico, but I can't imagine why. There's absolutely nothing that's ever come from his mouth that's even been memorable. Though I do recall that every time he shows up on air, he makes sure to show off his painted fingernails. Now this guy was talking about the same empty, stale talking points as the Democrats, but also you notice how he said this was the black agenda. That's how you described it. The kind of quote unquote black agenda, things like voting rights, police reform, things that disproportionately impact African Americans. Voting rights, police reform. He said that was the black agenda. Voting rights, voting rights, all that means all that is vote for the Democrats. For the Democrats. And, police and police reform, which means which we have these racist murders, murders with badges get sent to a civil rights civil museum rights after they kill a black person. Black person. Everything that Everything he says he was approved of by the Democratic by the National, Committee. National Committee. All of it just all talking points tailor-made to not offend the white mod rights read casual racist. He claims that these are things that people are talking about. Family, we've been here before. Four years ago when Biden was running for president, he was forced to make actual promises to black people, like his Lift Every Voice plan and his White House Police Accountability Commission, and supposed to be a George Floyd Policing Act and a John Lewis Voting Act and a whole bunch of other stuff. Just out of curiosity, whatever became of any of those? As soon as the white media announced that Biden had won the election, he immediately said he wasn't going to do the Police Accountability Commission. He said that he didn't have time and that Congress should handle it instead. So he ran on that promise. He won the presidency with that promise. 
promise, but he had no idea that he wouldn't have time for it. And there's absolutely no excuse for Eugene Daniels not mentioning Biden's broken promise about that White House level police accountability commission. After all, it was Daniels' employer, Politico, who reported on it. But I guess Eugene Daniels doesn't read his own website. All you Biden bots out there, can you say bait and switch? Or better yet, for yourselves, can you say suckers? And as for voting rights, that's a trick bag. The Democrats' definition of voting rights means to allow illegal aliens to vote. That's where they're going with this. Black people are able to vote now, regardless of the Republicans' feeble, pathetic attempts to put stumbling blocks in our path. The problem is not that black people haven't been registered to vote. We already are. The problem isn't that black people don't have access to voting stations. We know how to elbow our way into the proceedings. We did it three years ago and handed Biden the White House and handed the Democrats control of the House and the Senate. We handed it to them on a silver platter. We did that. So the problem isn't black people being able to vote. The problem is we're tired of voting for nothing. That's the problem. And if the white media was honest, that's what all of their programming about Biden's black voter problem would be about. Instead, we got this Eugene Daniels guy sitting here saying the GOP is filibustering. That's the issue. Gee, did Republican filibusters block the Asian hate crime law? Did Republican filibusters block the national gay marriage law? Or did the GOP vote for both of those things? When it comes to everyone else, the Democrats bring results. But when it comes to black people, on cue, we hear the same old, it's the GOP, they're blocking us, there's nothing we can do, now go and vote for us. So even if Biden began giving lip service to voting rights, that would be irrelevant to us. And even if he began giving lip service to police reform, I would ask, what has he done since he made that promise back in 2020? And of course, and of Eugene course, Daniels says Daniel absolutely says nothing about reparations. about reparations. Now, why now, didn't he why mention didn't reparations? Well, as I've told well, you, reparations is like truth, like truth serum. It would be, it would such, be a such a big and disruptive, and disruptive policy. policy. Everybody, Everybody is forced to have to declare where they, they stand, stand on it. it. There's nobody There's who just shrugs just their shoulders, shoulders and says, meh. But as I've told you, if you got some Negro who's terrified to talk about it because they have some non-black co-workers they don't want to get on the wrong side of, their primary interest is in not displeasing others. They could care less about their own empowerment. empowerment. And then you have those other Negroes who are in relationships with non-black people. people. Their primary primary terror terror is in losing their their interracial sexual access. access. Here Eugene Daniels is, in the New York York Times no less, with his his white partner. partner. Reminds me of another MSNBC fixture, Jonathan putting on his cape heart. He also was featured in the New York Times with his zaddy. The white media wants their bootlicks to fit a certain profile. So they stick to the stock sanctioned safe language that the DNC tells them to say. And in the process, process, they become part of the problem. problem. Black people who refuse to speak up for black interests, who intentionally and deliberately misrepresent the black agenda as being voting rights or abortion or student loans when the agenda is and has always been reparations. Money for us. But of course, course, Eugene Daniels Daniels wasn't alone. alone. When the white media's got its back against the wall and they're really desperate to sell the soap, they always make sure to have on multiple bootlicks. They usually come in pairs like butt cheeks. So up on deck, you got Al Sharpton. Isn't it their uh, task to tell people to vote for their interests? It's not about Biden or Trump. It's about you. Do you want the right to choose? Do you want voting rights? Do you want uh, student debt loans forgiven? Do you want to see a police reform? Vote for yourself, and therefore you have to vote for Biden. Someone should tell Al Sharpton that we are voting our interests for the first time in a very long time. And since the Democrats are not putting our interests on the ballot, none of their 
candidates are representing our interest on the ballot, we have no interest in voting for them. Now, Al Sharpton was at that phony reparations committee signing in New York last week, and yet here he is just a few days after that on MSNBC, and the subject is why black voters are not enthused about voting for Biden, why clearly black voter turnout is trending downward. And he doesn't say even one word about reparations or about any money for us or legislation specifically for us. By the way, on a side note, Joy Reid said that anyone talking about reparations is a Russian bot. Remember when she said that? Since Al Sharpton was at a reparations committee signing, I wonder if she'll call him a Russian bot now. I'm just asking for a friend. See, the white media thought that this reparations thing would go away after the 2020 election. They thought that their A-dunce cronies and other bootlicks would dispel the energy. But they, but they didn't. We're still, We're here, still here, still pushing still the boulder up that hill. That hill. So since so we didn't since get we tired and we haven't and moved haven't on from this issue, this issue, they're instead they're trying instead to co-opt the, co-op the issue altogether, to take it over, take it over and, and redefine it so that they can so invalidate, they can invalidate it. it. Al Sharpton is part of this. He talks about abortion, which is mostly done as a sop to white female voters, and student loan debt forgiveness, which also mostly benefits white women. He doesn't connect reparations to black voter turnout, doesn't even mention it, because he knows the white media he works for doesn't want to promote that idea at all. Not because it wouldn't win elections, but precisely because it would win elections. The problem is it would win it the wrong way by overturning the racial pecking order. The message that the white media has been hammering us over the head with has been crystal clear. If black voters don't get back on that treadmill and vote for nothing, then we're in for a rude awakening if Trump wins next year. And to that, I'll ask the same question that I asked in 2015 when Trump was running in the primaries. What is Donald Trump going to do in the White House that Obama hasn't been allowing to happen all along? And the same applies now. What is Trump's second term going to do that he wasn't doing to us in his first term? They claim that he's going to be enacting the kind of racist policies nationwide that we've seen in places like Florida. Okay, and here's my answer to that. What have Democrats done in Florida or anywhere else in America to push back against the race-baiting laws that trash like DeSantis have enacted? What have they done to declare war on the racist racist right. right. Nothing. Nothing. So they're already letting these red state racists trample on us. The only difference is bootlicks like Al Sharpton gets to have a TV show, and Eugene Daniels gets to work for a white media website, and Jasmine Crockett gets to be in Congress. This is all about scaring us into improving their lives while they ignore ours. They know exactly what they're doing. What they don't know is whether or not it will work. Now, as I alluded to a moment ago, the white media is also trying to invent political stars out of whole cloth. Back in the spring, it was those two goofballs in the Tennessee legislature. And just in time for Christmas, they're trying to make Jasmine Crockett the next big thing. More like the next big nothing. I am so excited that my colleagues across the aisle care about sexual abuse, considering that the front runner right now for like presidency kind of just been found liable of sexual abuse. Every time we seemingly have a hearing on voting rights, we're talking about the fact that people are cheating. So let's talk about who's cheating. I got a few articles. But when we start talking about things that look like evidence, they want to act like they blind. They don't know what this is. These are our national secrets. Looks like in the me. 
Yeah, keeping, yeah, it, keeping classy. it classy. This is the kind this of black kind woman of black that the white media, media approves media of. This is supposed to be a democratic, democratic rising, star. rising star. Loud, Loud profane, profane quote-unquote sassy, sassy, and, and wrong. wrong. And notice how and none of her white democratic white colleagues had any problem with her asinine behavior. That's how you know they're the ones who put her up to it. She wasn't going off script with all that nonsense. She was doing exactly what they told her to do. This is the kind of black woman that they approve of having around themselves. This kind of sassy man. Like character. Like character. Another, bootlick Another bootlick who toes, toes the party line, line and says nothing says about, our about our tangibles. She's just She's so, just eager, so to eager to be the next Kamala, Kamala Harris, Harris, you can smell the desperation, desperation on her. Now, if being, now, if like, being Kamala like Kamala means Kamala that she'll be rejected by black voters on a national level and crash and burn the second she runs for office outside the cozy confines of her congressional district, then yeah, she'll wind up just like Kamala. But if she thinks that that means she's going to be a senator or governor and beyond that, no doubt, president, then she's an even bigger fool than we thought. But if she thinks that she's going to imitate Kamala's antics and get to the White House, she won't. Actually, Actually, this practice of doing all of this showboating and such, it didn't really begin with Kamala. Kamala. It actually began with Barack Obama. Obama. He's the reason we see these fools keep doing this. When Obama Obama won that Senate seat back in 2004, it was excruciatingly obvious he wanted to be president. He made the predictable denials of this, and he said that he would complete his term as senator before seeking higher office. But the second John Kerry lost the presidential race, Obama was immediately running around to every natural disaster he could, like Hurricane Katrina, and he made it a point to get into bickering contests with every one of W's administration officials who appeared before him in the Senate, anything to get in front of those cameras. It was all unnecessary, and it didn't accomplish anything. He never really had a gotcha moment, though it did succeed in forcing his name into the the news cycle, which had been his goal all along. Obama was the one who pioneered this technique of using those hearings as a soapbox to get in some digs at the opposition and by doing so get on the nightly news or into the cable news cycle. It began with him as far as the Democrats are concerned. So when Kamala Harris got into the Senate years later, she did the exact same things, constantly pretending to be outraged at Trump administration officials who appeared before her in the Senate. And now we have Jasmine Crockett, who at this late is still still trying to run against against Trump, Trump, even though Trump's not in the White House. House. She has no charisma, charisma, no real intelligence, and no credibility. credibility. Though she does have a raggedy weave, so there's that. that. Here she is doing anything to get the white media to cover her. She begins cursing in Congress because that's putting her best foot forward, I suppose. But this is who the white media is trying to big up next. This self-interested, self-promoting egomaniac. White power creates these creeps, then uses their media monopoly to push these puppets on us, and all they do is say the opposite of what the black community actually says. And then you got clowns like Roly-Poly Martin amening their every stupid utterance. This is what white power specializes in, creating these closed loops of corruption, where they control the entire process of spreading and validating lies meant to control us. I told you about how the white right does it with the hysteria about critical race theory. Wealthy white conservatives use their money to pay crisis actors to go to these school board meetings. They claim to be parents when many of them don't even have children and a lot of them don't even live in those districts. And yet they make sure the local media is there so that they can see them screaming and yelling and threatening the school board members. See, normally nobody covers school board meetings because they're drop-dead boring. But these outrageous stage displays are guaranteed to get covered. Then these wealthy conservatives pay racist provocateurs like Christopher Rufo to be their mouthpieces, falsely claiming that the kids in school are being indoctrinated. 
and white students are being discriminated against. He has no proof of this. He just thinks that he says it and we're supposed to believe it. Then they pay Fox News to report these phony school board protests. And then these wealthy conservatives have the Republican politicians in Congress or in the state legislatures who they give big campaign donations to vow to write legislation to attack anything woke, which is a euphemism for black. It's all an assembly line, or rather like a stage play. And all of these people try to pretend as if they have nothing in common with each other, as if they're not in cahoots, when the reality is they're all puppets on strings to the same sick puppet masters. None of it is natural or spontaneous. They're all involved from the phony parents to Rufo to the cable network to the politicians, all of them on these wealthy white conservatives' payroll. It's a process of propagandizing the public, and they control every step of that process. That's why you need the black media. Before we came along, nobody was talking like us. Nobody else is linking reparations directly to the black vote either. I personally have made sure to remind you for the last three years of Biden's broken promises because I've observed politics since I was a child. And in all my decades of observation, the one thing I've noticed is black people keep hearing the same promises every election cycle, but nothing is ever actually Done. And then with and the, then next, the election, next election, rinse and repeat. and repeat. Human beings Human are creatures of habit, of habit, and we have the ability have the to ability adapt to even the harshest of circumstances. Of circumstances. This, ability this ability is one of our strongest, strongest traits, traits, but it's also our, it's also greatest, our greatest weakness, weakness in that we can become acclimated to oppression to the point that we stop fighting it because we've adapted to it. To practice becoming adapted to abusive conditions is no measure of strength. Adapting to hardship should be a temporary thing, not permanent. This is how the powerful use our own psychology against us. And then they have some paid bootlicks to tell us that we're not being manipulated. Well, over here in the black media, we're all about breaking their programming. We're all about mind control, teaching you to control your mind. The white media is coping hard as they realize all the scare talk about Trump doesn't seem to be working, particularly with black voters. They're still hoping that at some point, though, just keep up the steady drumbeat, sometime next year, black people will simply lose our resolve, throw up our hands, and resign ourselves to our fate as we vote for nothing once again. That's what the plan is. That's what they're hoping for. They can't they conceive can't that, black that black voters will do what we did in 2016 when we let Hillary swing in the wind. But history, history seems poised to repeat itself. And for our and sakes, it had better. It had better. The, days the days of taking us for granted, for granted have, to have, have to end. The days of the talking days around our interests have to end. The days of lying about what we're demanding have to end. And if these white media suckers think that Biden having a photo op with Obama or having bought and paid for tools repeating the same old talking points is going to magically, magically trick, us, trick us, then they're then the ones they're who are in for a rude awakening. awakening. Good, day Good day and be and one. I'd like to take a I moment like to mention some of our contributors. Anthony Pollard, Antithesis, Dondi Waddell, Gordon Gates, and Prince Ali Ahmed. Salute to them and thank you to everyone for listening, liking, and sharing this message. Black Empowerment only exists because of you.